0: Are there any new platforms, channels that marketers should be aware of? Here's the deal. It is your job as a marketer to be an expert in what your customer is doing. Where are they going? Are they on Reddit? Do you know? If you don't know, whoops. Are they on TikTok consuming content there? Is there content around what you do being consumed on TikToks with likes and comments and follows? If you don't know, whoops. It is your job to understand where your customer is seeking information.
1: Is your marketing approach keeping up with the times or are you falling behind? If you're not up on the latest B2B marketing trends, you might just find yourself left in the dust. This episode, we're chatting with Lean Labs head of growth, Kevin Barber, about the B2B marketing trends you can't afford to miss this quarter.
0: Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio.
1: Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host, Mallory Kuhn, and I am joined today by our head of growth, Kevin Barber. Hi there, Kevin. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. Excited for this episode. In in particular, I'm excited for this episode.
1: Yes, yes. A little behind the scenes. Pete, uh, Kevin sent me a Slack message earlier today. Very excited to record this episode. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about um, the trend watch. We'll do a little trend watch episode. So top B2B marketing trends to keep your eye on um, right now. So let's start with some kind of baseline info. So Kevin, you've been in the B2B marketing game for a bit. Can you tell us about some of the trends you've seen come and go over the years? Uh, and then what about like some trends that might have become started as a trend and now they're just kind of a permanent fixture of the industry?
0: Right. So, um, yeah. And by a bit, she meant a decade. She's just trying to be nice. And, <laughs> uh, and the deal is, is that, uh, yeah, I would say the things that come and go that which are the things that we really seem to run and, and gravitate to are the tactics, right? The tactics like. How do I properly pixel and retarget people? Well, that game has changed. And for people that were reliant upon that as their cool core tool, their marketing broke here recently, right? Uh, And then there's there's email newsletters. And in in the beginning, it was all about getting people on an email newsletter. And then email newsletters became pretty, they're like the lowest conversion offer that you can often have. And then now more recently, it's very interesting, but email newsletters are seeing a resurgence and the ability to... You know, have sponsors and offers and, and collaborative email newsletters is a thing. I think the hustle newsletter being sold to HubSpot, a lot of brands on the grid. But those are tactics that come in. They, they, they're like the weather. They, they change. Okay. But the things that uh, have come and stayed, they remain. Uh, you know, you could even argue that, that inbound marketing was a phase of the evolution of, um, of marketing in general right? Because if you were to look at HubSpot's own marketing, right? 2007 through 2015, inbound, 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 right? 2018 to now, it's really about, okay, they're, they're kind of like all bound. You need to be able to do inbound. You need to be able to do outbound. You need to be able to do paid. Uh, and it's, then we want to do it all-in-one platform. Part of that is because their successfulness of dominating inbound, it didn't go away. It's just, not just that anymore. They wanted to reach out to a broader audience. So, so what happens is, is the people that we're learning through, from, and through, um, you know, you look at Rand Fishkin and Moz. It was SEO, 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 SEO. Well, he he leaves that company, starts another company. It's not just SEO, right? Uh, and certainly, you know, he actually makes videos about the tactics that he used to use that you shouldn't be using anymore. Yeah. Right. So, like, what happens is, is know that that's always going to change, right? But there are some things that remain the, change, the same. Um, having a funnel, and, and we might catch a little flack on this for our for our flywheel diehards, but <laughs> the core part of the funnel is having a deal to where you can convert new contacts into your system, segment the qualified leads, set of qu- segment the qualified leads that showed intent into sales qualified leads, and get them to sales. Uh, that is a core component that must occur in order for marketing to be effective. If you're trying to drive sales pipeline through digital marketing, right? And having a flywheel, right? A flywheel of not only are we converting leads, but we're utilizing our leads and our sales to deliver a great experience. And we're evangelizing that experience through five-star ratings, reviews, recommendations. Um, that That is a an internal component. Now, we've turned this into a growth loop, like we, we help our companies set up growth loops where where literally when we get the most basic version of this, it will pay for a more robust version, which will pay for a premium version, which when you have the right metrics, you can now scale to next, right? And it's a combination of, of having the sales funnel dialed as well as having that growth flywheel, building out your reputation, building out your referral program, having that retention program. Uh, those are the trends that that will not those are the strategies that will not change. The tactics of how we accomplish that, whether it's 2021 or 2023 or 2024, will shift, right? There will be hot platforms. There will be strategies that are working right now until marketers go and ruin it, okay? <laughs> so, uh, that's the deal.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, okay, that's very valid. And it, it makes sense, right? Um, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but I want to really dig in here. Uh When you mentioned, you know, here's some of the tactics that you should have been using X number of years ago and you really shouldn't be using them now. Right. How important is it for marketers to really stay, uh, you know, apprised of the trends, keep their ear to the ground? And what are some consequences that they can face if they're ignoring those trends or if they're falling behind?
0: Right. Can I give a mindset shift as a way to answering the question? And then Mallory, come back to me if I didn't get an A. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, So I don't believe your job is to do marketing. If you're a marketer, your job is not to do marketing. That is like, um, it's like if you were to be a, a bodybuilder and your job was to do weights. Well, it's not your job to do weights. Weights are the vehicle. Okay. So, marketing is the vehicle. Doing marketing campaigns is the vehicle to mastery. Right. So, and in, in just like weights are the vehicle to having that, that V shaped body or whatever you're looking to do. <laughs> Okay. So, so it's not just the act of doing it. It's the act of becoming something. Right. So if you understand that your lens and your goal as a marketer is mastery of marketing, let's define that mastery is someone who can predictably and reliably achieve a result. That doesn't mean every single time, by the way. Um, it's like everything you touch must turn to gold, but, but predictably reliably, meaning there's a system that you can apply, uh, and you know the situation to apply it to and you know the method of applying it that is going to lead to a pretty redic- predictable and repeatable outcome and you can teach that to someone else that's mastery okay now what you're doing is each 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 campaign that you're doing is is about what one, one more rep one more rep of the process of maybe it's a set of reps to to develop that mastery. So so what is it how important is it for marketers to stay apprised of trends? It is actually your job. That is actually your job so you can identify mastery. You can you should not be inventing new types of marketing that do not exist. It's going to take you a really long time for a very questionable return on results. What you should be doing is you should be borrowing from ideals. If you haven't read the books, you'll like an artist, right? So it's like who are the companies that are really successful? Not what are they doing now, but what did they do then when they're at the phase of growth that I'm in in order to be successful? And now how do I apply that? And modeling can be doing some of what they did, but for you, or applying what they did to this time frame, I could still learn from Dan Kennedy, right? Even though I'm pretty sure that most of the things I learned from Dan Kennedy were taught in an era for which he didn't know what the internet was, Right. I can apply those principles though to today, right? So so that's that's the game that we're in. And, and you need to you need to know not just the trends, but you need to know the foundational principles at a at a master level. And when you do that, suddenly it's like that it's like the founder that exits a company successfully and then goes into another company and exits successfully and goes into another company and exits successfully, it's because he wasn't trying to make he he was working on mastery. He has something that he can do repeatedly, reliably, and whatever. Uh, and and that's why those people were in such demand is because they have developed that skill set. That's your job as a marketer. So the trends and knowing what's works and what doesn't and what the benchmarks are and where you stand in it and and who you could be modeling is is your job.
1: Yeah. Well said. And now we know the importance. Let's dive into the specific trends.
0: I guess I got you got to Hey, woohoo! Let's.
1: I on. know you did. No, and it, it's a great point because you know it, it is the entire game as making it's the sure you game. watch where the market is going and how things are shifting. Um, so can, can I give you that? Yeah, can I
0: give you the flip side of that. If you fail to do that, like we hire marketers a lot, right? We're looking for great marketers that want to do mastery. By the way, subtle pitch. Okay, so the deal <laughs> is is that. Um, I can hire someone with five years of experience or I can hire someone with one year of experience that they've done five times, right? right? So like in the one the person with one years of experience that they've done five times is normally four years out of date, okay on on, on leveling up their own skill set, being able to show results for their work uh, and being frankly up to speed, that person's gonna need a lot more work. They're most likely not gonna make the team. okay? So, uh, so yeah, the game is mastery and, and, and the right company for you as a marketer is enabling it.
1: Right, right. Well, let's start and talk about the trend. I've been dying to talk about this with you because I know it's something you're very interested in. Um, and it's, you know, it's the trend on everyone's tongue right now. The use of AI in marketing and content creation. So how do you see AI changing the landscape of b2b marketing
0: right this will probably need to become its own podcast mallory
1: i know uh, we're gonna do a shout out we're gonna go yeah we'll
0: go to high level he's off the top of the the atmosphere we're not we're not going to a planetary set down okay but the concept (laughs) is it's it's shifting it in radical ways more so than i would have thought um there's a couple big mind landmines to watch out for but the fact is is that you know, there's two two types of AI that I think you need to be aware of. There's generative AI, right? Which is using large language models to, you know, give you ideas. I use AI for ideation constantly, right? But I think the thing that we got to also think about is uh, synthesis AI, where you're actually giving it a ridiculous amount of context and it's able to synthesize that and actually give you, you know, predictive outcomes. So like, you can give it a whole bunch of information about your brand, about your tone, about your customer. And you could you could then have it uh try to synthesize that into, you know, core outcomes, you know, possibly generate titles and hooks for you to to work on, but but also summarize things, right? So we're we're utilizing this right now. Um I hardly watch YouTube videos anymore. I copy and paste the transcript into a prompt that I wrote and it said, tell me that. Key topics and key takeaways for this video is 27 minutes long. I skin it in a minute and a half, right? Like, and if it's amazing, maybe I'll watch that part of the video, right? So, um, so like, like, it's just, it's a tool. Um, And if you use it well, then you're going to, you're going to use it to benefit. I don't actually think it's artificial intelligence. Mallory, hot seat question. What's another word for artificial? Fake. (laughs) Fake. Um, Yeah, it's a large language model. What it's designed to do is predict the next words that you would expect.
1: Right, right. I mean, it is just advanced machine learning is what the AI tools we have right now are not actual AI. Right. Uh, What it is,
0: is IA. It's
1: intelligence
0: augmentation. So if you can give it enough context about what you're trying to do, it can augment you and you can get you to things faster. So we follow formulas and frameworks that have worked for us here. Right. And so we are working on um, every single day, every single day I'm getting an update on this uh, frameworks for some of our core components and and our concept that we're working with, which you can steal if you want. um, Or if you're doing this also, let's join up. Let's do some cool stuff. Right. But the deal is, is that like we're working on how can we get a B plus version of some of our core assets in five minutes? Five minutes doesn't always happen. Um, but the idea, <laughs> <That's> cool, <though. laughs> if we, if we could get to a B plus or even a, even a solid B 85% in five to 15 minutes. We can put all of our ammo turning that into remarkable, right? Where, where so many times, you know, absent the right tools and the right process, we spent all of our time and budget just getting into mediocre, right? So like AI is a tool for that. Um, one of our team members said something in an offhanded comment, we should stop. Training people and start training AI. And I <laughs> grabbed that, wrote it down, and we've been doing it. And it's like, what is our framework? And if I can't, if I can't interface there to get generative ideas, many of which suck, and I think that will continue to occur. um But to to then filter, grade to good ideas in a few minutes, I think that in a couple of years you're going to be behind if you're not if you're not utilizing that. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and the fact is, if for those that are fear-based, look, moving from fax to email did not, I mean, it might have cost a few people's jobs, but if they're working on mastery, they got a better one, okay, and moved them to a better job. And, and definitely, we need still need a solution to email, because email sucks. Um, <laughs> but the deal is, is that uh, if email goes away because of AI, it'll probably get us a better tool, right? So, So we need to look about what are the opportunities to leverage this to get us a better job, not so much does ai take my job okay right
1: well and as i mean you know uh, myself as a content specialist <laughs> that that has been a, a source of fear for a lot of people uh and if myself included uh early into to starting to use you know chat gpt and some of these other tools but the more i have you know dived into using them and started seeing the benefits and the ways in which they can they will not steal my job they will just make me better at doing what i need to do right ultimately creating or you know, tapping the words of the blog post or creating that outline is not my job like you said the job is the result the job is getting the you know the results we want for our clients and ai can help me do that right
0: and my job is that innovative companies need an edge they need an edge to outmarket outsell outgrow the established leader and my job is to give it to them so if i wasn't exploring ai and how we could utilize that and, and figure out the fault the 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 opportunities and fall on the landmines myself in order to to pave that way then i'm not doing my job so so now you guys just need to think about within your your business and your role what is your job right and uh and figure out if ai has something to do with it all right, that was well, our atmosphere touch on to AI. That's
1: what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna know. make us move on because uh, we could we could talk about AI this whole episode, but we're gonna do a, a completely separate episode where we'll just talk AI uh, and maybe dive into some of the tools we're using, things like that in the future. Um, but let's move to some process driven trends. So, what are some of those trends that you're seeing emerge? Um, you know, content marketing and thought leadership; those have been on the map a while. Are those still relevant? What are you seeing pop up here?
0: Right. So when we think about content marketing and thought leadership, um, I know mean, that's pretty high level, but I like to play there, right? So let's just think about what customers want. What they don't want is an endless sea of commercials. You know, there's been a mass migration of you know, from the established NBC, ABC to, you know, different platforms where they have more choices and then you add even the internet, and then you add YouTube and and the fact is, is that that customers want choice and they want value. Do you know in the entire, there is not the commercial channel, <laughs> right? right? Such a thing does not exist. There is no commercial channel. So what they don't want is to be constantly bombarded with promotions and advertising, right? But what they do want is is most people want to improve their life. They want to improve their health. They want to improve their wealth. They want to improve their relationships, right? Uh, and like those are generally, you know, base level themes of what businesses fall into. So if you're going to help, if you're in the wealth business, like, so you have to pick, by the way, you're in one of those three. And then your outcome that you deliver to customers must, you know, you need to be clear about which one of those are and the kind of outcome that you have actually delivered, right? And rather than promising what you've done, you know, really effective marketing is showing people what you've done, right? And how do you do that? Well, through content marketing and thought leadership, yo, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like you put that out to where it's available and people looking for it will find it. We're all worried about the algorithms. The algorithms actually work pretty well. They get the very best stuff to the top. Okay. How many times have you found something on page seven of Google that beat all the first page rankings? It's like not very darn often. And that's why I don't look there anymore. Okay. Right. So so the deal is, is that the algorithms serve us as end users. And when you're frustrated with the algorithm, it's because, no offense, and we can say this to ourselves as too, it's because our stuff's not that good. Right. Okay. Or we did the right step, but we did it in the wrong order. We do not deserve that win yet. Okay. So content marketing and thought leadership are relevant. You don't want to know why? Because people are interested in improving their lives without getting your constant commercial. <laughs> All right. So hopefully my two-minute explanation there was helpful. But yeah, it's it's ridiculously relevant because people are interested in improving their lives without being constantly sold to. They don't want a meeting with your rep because we know what he wants. And I, I'm trying to sidestep that, right? Super um, Super relevant. And now everyone's doing it, so it needs to be super beneficial. Um, and 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 something that Alex Hermozzi says is, you know, give away the information, sell the implementation. So if you have something that works, you know, help people understand it. And then they're naturally going to want, if when they're ready to do it, they're naturally going to think of where they learned it from right? And if you can become that person, you're creating a lot of goodwill. Frank Kern talks a lot about goodwill in the marketplace. If you create enough goodwill in the marketplace, people understand the value that you offer because you've delivered them value. The likelihood is, is that they're going to come back and reciprocate at some point. They're going to think of you in order to solve things. We have unlimited demand as buyers, right? We want everything. Mallory, would you like a nicer car? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> would, you like a, would you like a really cool dream house?
1: Right. Of
0: course, right? <laughs> once, once you got that dream house, would you consider if you had the resources tearing out the kitchen and putting it in just a dream kitchen and a dream house?
1: Right. Of course. Right. Right. Cool. Yes, and there's a no like, ceiling on
0: this. <laughs> right. Like this will keep going. And for me, you just have to switch it to bicycles. Right? Like, oh yeah. Would you like a dream bicycle? <laughs> yes, I'd like a dream bicycle for this and dream bicycle for that and a dream trip to go with it. We have unlimited demand, which um is interesting. Um You know, let's be let's have gratitude for a moment. Like a hundred years ago, people were just getting ice if you were doing really well. Okay. So so we're doing pretty awesome, but the fact is we have unlimited demands. If you can help people understand the pains that you understand the pains in their life, and you understand the gains that they hope to achieve, and you can help them get there, uh, in a shorter path with least risk and less frustration, there's an opportunity. And that's what content marketing and thought leadership is.
1: Nice. Well, let's talk about other uh, new developments. Are there any new avenues, platforms, channels that you think marketers should be looking at? And I'm going to call out an application that is on a lot of people's tongues these days, TikTok. Is TikTok relevant for B2B marketers, in your opinion?
0: Right. So kind of just go one level higher, and then I'm going to answer that question. Are there any new platforms, channels that marketers should be aware of? Here's the deal. It is your job as a marketer to be an expert in what your customer is doing. Where are they going? Are they on Reddit? Do you know? If you don't know, whoops, (laughs) okay. You're in trouble. Are they on TikTok? Consuming content there? Is there content around what you do? Being consumed on TikToks with likes and comments and follows? If you don't know, whoops, you know what I mean? Like it is your job to understand where your customer is seeking information. Now, do you have to do you have to personally become the number one ranked on every single channel to answer that question? Absolutely not. Just a little bit of due diligence. So are there platforms you should be aware of? Yes, it is your job to consistently probably once every 90, maximum 180 days. Do a quick evaluation of what platforms are my customers paying attention to. Right. Um, That's that's kind of the broad level deal. And then are there new platforms that marketers should be aware of today? Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. I saw this in my own life. I heard this stat that 57% of um, people between the ages of 18 and 35 will actually search on TikTok before they will search on Google. And I was at a family event and my uh, sister-in-law, who's at the high end of that range, Okay, we were talking about Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and I talked about a couple elements of it. And she's like, I'd like to search that up. And I watched her open her phone, go to TikTok and search it. I'm like, whoa. Well, hold up. Why did you search that on TikTok and not on Google? She goes, oh, I want an actual person's opinion of this. I don't want some company's promotion about it. I found that to be tremendously insightful because I'd heard that stat and I was like, that's weird. And then yeah, I watched- You're like, weird, okay. Yeah, yeah. you know what Then we ended up doing? We ended up passing around a few different TikToks going, well, this is what this person thought. This is what this person sees. And they're literally on the boat. And that's the kind of thing you're not going to get from Google. I get it. So it is our job as marketers to know where our customer is getting information. And it's also our our job to know what kind of information are they actually looking for? You know, this wouldn't have occurred- if google and royal caribbean knew what their customer wanted
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> so so that's the deal and that that's what creates an opportunity okay so uh so yeah that's basically the answer is 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 whether it's reddit which is uh in in males 30 and below which by the way that means 3 years from now there will be 33 and below right it's how math works um <laughs> <laughs> the the deal is is that they're going to Reddit at, for again just like a TikTok a human's personal opinion and I'll tell you this like I buy expensive bicycles it's a thing okay and you know what I do I I don't I don't spend a tremendous amount of time on the manufacturer's website I go to Reddit I watch your reviews on YouTube I'm looking for actual people who've actually ridden all the bikes don't right. mean their opinion right so so why would you think people aren't doing this for your solution now. Are they? And the answer is, it's your job to know because it's not always. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's great, great advice. It's great advice. It all goes all goes back to knowing your audience, right? Let's look at some other technology based trends um, that you know marketers should be aware of. Uh, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Google Analytics four. What's what are your thoughts on GA four, uh, and you know what marketers need to be aware of there?
0: Yeah. So for uh business owners, founders um that are not super analytical, FYI, if you're using Google Analytics and you haven't changed them this year, they're broken. They're not working cuz Google Analytics basically pulled the plug on the standard universal analytics. Um and you're several months behind. So um my tip to you is to get someone who's head of knowing what numbers are important to your company. Uh and, and fix them on that. Now, if you're you're thinking about GA4, you've probably done some sort of implementation by now to realize that implementing GA4 well is hard. Yeah. Um, but there actually is. There are really good use cases for GA4, but they're going to require a technical implementation. Google did not design this as a tool that will instantly work for everyone. Okay? Um, Digital Marketer, just so you know, at the time of recording this early October, uh, at the end of October, Digital Marketer is going to be putting out a a training just focused on GA4. And I've already seen the the foundation of this training, and then it's going to become very action-oriented. And they're going to put it out as a very low-cost lead magnet, just letting you know. So as being on the faculty thing there, I get to see that. There's an easy solution if you're looking for GA4. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I think GA4 serves benefits, but I use HubSpot as our source of truth for the core metrics that we care about. What are the metrics that we care about? We care about awareness and acquisition of qualified leads, activation of those leads into sales conversations, the amount of opportunities and revenue that came from those sales conversations. I need to know about the results we're getting for clients, whether or not those are being shown in five-star ratings and reviews. Um, I need to be able to see how many customers are driving us referrals. And I need to know uh, how many customers are we uh, retaining and ascending to higher levels of our service right? HubSpot can give me all of that data. So I'm not personally in GA4 except for very specific tests. I want to see how many people made it down to this part of a page to click this button as compared to people that didn't make it to this part of the page, but instead clicked that button. Okay. GA4 has created that. Okay. So it's, it's very more hyper-focused in my opinion. Now, if you have an application, GA4 is amazing for web-based applications. So now we're going a little bit niche. I do not believe the GA4 will be the dashboard that you run all of your marketing results for. Uh, if you feel like you have that, I would love to see it. Just ping us.
1: Hey, right? you're like, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, let's see it. I'm always looking to be to see in that, but that's how we're using it. HubSpot's our source of truth. GA4 is great for specific tests.
1: Yeah. Well, to stay on Google, uh, what about Google's algorithm and how that's impacting organic search rankings? We know, you know, things are always. Shifting and changing there. <laughs> right. All right.
0: So let, let's let's talk about Google for a minute. Um, the fact is, is whether you go to HubSpot or you go to DataBox. Pete Caputa, who formerly worked at HubSpot, uh, went to to uh, DataBox. Uh, both of them have done a tremendous amount of uh, data analysis and if you look at 2022 and you look at 2023 from hubspot from databox where they have large pools of mini companies datas from which to draw conclusions the net return of organic marketing is negative growth wow so what's happening is is is, is while google specifically says we're getting more searches than ever just so you know they're considering map quest searches they're considering you know um pay-per-click searches, restaurant searches, what time does this open close? Like It doesn't necessarily mean it's B2B solution-based searches. uh, But what companies are seeing is net negative growth across the board. So um, if you're a newer brand, yes, we have definitely earlier stage companies that are seeing explosive growth in organic. But overall, the shift is I think Google is getting some real headwinds from being able to ask TikTok, being able to ask Reddit, being able to ask Quora in the more B2C space, and being able to add, now ask ChatGPT. And you know what? It's in my workflow. Mallory, is it in your workflow? Yes, but you ChatGPT? Ask ask ChatGPT, yeah. And I've gone through and I've trained ChatGPT on the format of the responses that I want. I want bullet points, I want emojis, I want no explanations. I'll ask for explanation if I need it. And it gets me the answer that I want without clicking through results. Um so I do think Google has a little bit of a headwind. Does that mean you should stop all forms of organic Google marketing? No. It doesn't mean that. Oh my gosh, it is like the all <laughs> the number one search tool by a lot. Right? Okay. Um but the fact is is that I think you can't just be channel dependent. And you never want your channel to you to be channel dependent. You know, people got slapped when they were doing uh, Facebook stuff here a couple years ago because they were channel dependent. If you if your business resounded around being able to give Zuckerberg money for him to bring you customers, that got a lot harder and a lot more expensive. So it is your job not to be channel dependent. It is your job to understand what channels your customers are using and to be over time on all of them. Get the first channel working, profitable. Use the profit from that to get the second channel working, profitable. Use, use the money from that to get the third channel profitable and, and stuff. Google itself is not the only channel that anyone's going to use. And and this is coming from a company that has had Google as its primary channel. Right. Does it make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm ready to dive into a question I know you'll get excited about because we know you love numbers. You're a math guy. Um, I want to talk data. Let's talk data. So can you share some best practices for how you can use data? You know, we talked a little bit about HubSpot Analytics. We talked a little bit about Google Analytics. Um, do you have some best practices for using data from tools like that to drive your B2B marketing strategies? Yeah. So
0: how do we do best practices in a sound by answer for a podcast so we can crush <laughs> it, Mallory? How do we do that? So the fact is, <laughs> the first step is to know the metrics that you need and to know where you are in the benchmarks. So... Um, you know, we have in our playbook, we talk about the five phases of growth, and the first job is to know what phase of growth that you're in, right? Um, and what happens is, is is when people use kind of those standard startup scale-up phrases like product market fit, because we have a product and because we have a target market and because we have some customers from various cho- sources, we assume we have product market fit, Right. But then what happens is when you break product market fit into its core components of being able to turn traffic into leads, and leads into opportunities, and opportunities into customers, and customers into case studies, and case studies into third-party, five-star ratings and reviews that drive us retention and referrals, normally at least one, if not two, sometimes three of those core metrics are broken. So you got it working well here, and then there's a big gap. There's a like not just a hole, like a little pinhole in the bucket. Sometimes there's a gash in the bucket, and you're able to drive lots of leads, but the leads are not becoming opportunities. Or maybe you're driving lots of traffic, but you're not able to get traffic in leads. You know what the average um, salary is for a content creator on YouTube, TikTok, uh, and there was a third one, Instagram. That's what That's what the study was done of. Ooh, I don't know. I'm guessing it's low. <laughs> wait, 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 but these are the very best content creators. Oh, for the-, the very okay, best content creators. People who said, my job is content creation. That's my salary. Oh, what okay. do you think it is? Full-time content creators. Full-time oh, gosh, content I've- creators. What do you think it is?
1: I have no idea.
0: You were right. It's low. Oh, is it? Okay. Great, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>, great. <right. laughs> so-, so the deal is, is the top 10% is 32,000 a year. The top 10%. Oh, okay. Wow. And the that average is, is so- 5K. Low.
1: Yeah, it's not okay. a
0: month. That's not a month.
1: No, a that's it, well. When when I said low initially, I was thinking like technically I'm a content creator on TikTok. I'm a I have enough followers and part of the creator fund. Right, but I mean, like that, your full time gig. No, that's what I was like. I make like coffee run money on there, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not full time doing that.
0: <laughs> so the deal is, is that you might be crushing it on awareness, right? Yeah. You might have three hundred thousand followers on one of those platforms, but. the but that alone does not turn into dollars, right? If you don't have a way to monetize that into leads and leads into sales conversations, co- sales conversations into new customers, then you don't have a growth engine, right? And that's the first part of our growth loop. The second part of our growth loop is you can't just have new customers. The very best marketing you can have is to, to take the stories of your customers and to use it to get more customers. That's the impact loop. Okay, so, so you take customers, you get them a result, you document it into a case study, you get their far five-star rating and review um, that you're then able to link back to it, right? And then what you do is you you drive retention and ascension with those customers, right? And then you have a referral program where they make it easy for them to bring you new customers. The fact is, if you never lost a customer, you could only have growth, okay? A lot of times, we're actually we're, we're, we're trying to overcompensate on the acquisition channel, because we we're we're actually slightly underperforming, but unaware uh, unaware of it on the retention channel, right? right? And, and the way you can actually pay for marketing is to fix the retention issue, which is where you're going to get all the case studies, results, five star ratings, or reviews to make your marketing work. Sometimes we're starting in the wrong step. So um, so the fact is is we're a pretty big fan of Growth Loops. Uh, we cover that inside of our Growth Playbook. If if and the fact is is that the job is to, to get a growth loop where you can pre- spend a predictable and to begin with small amount of money to create a customer and to have that customer create a success story. And then you take the money a position, percentage of the money about that and you reinvest it to do it again. And when you build that growth loop with the right unit economics, you have scalable growth. Um, almost every company I talk to, of course, they don't come to me because everything is going amazing, right? But almost every company right. I come to, we can find the major gap they have that must be solved for any marketing to be profitable, period, by just looking at the growth loop and where does it fail? Um but think of it as like a uh a dam in a river. And it's like unless you can break through it, you know, that's the deal. But but oftentimes, you know what they're doing? They're just trying to put more water down it. Just more water, more water. And a lot of times that can fill up for a long time because it's a big dam. And even if it if even and what happens is the river starts routing around it, you just have this massive spill out. And, and what our job is to do is to find that friction point and go in and and detonate a charge if necessary to break that, break through that. And maybe my environmentalist didn't like that metaphor, <laughs> but uh, it was a metaphor, y'all, for how to improve your business to get customers' yeah.
1: <laughs> There you go. I like the caveat there. Well, that's I think that's great information about using the data that they can find to drive their strategies. Are there ways that they can take... data that they're seeing and use that information to identify emerging trends uh, or validate their decision to follow trends that they've, you know, begun chasing.
0: Right. Can we do that as a part two? Let's go back to part one. If I was your marketer, here's what I'd do. I'd figure out I wouldn't go I wouldn't go trends yet. Let's do it next because it's great. Okay, but first steps is like stop the bleed out. Okay, so first step is to grab a tourniquet, (laughs) come in, and and maybe even sometimes reduce spin in areas where you have a massive leakage, right? And that's the tourniquet. And then we're going to do some surgery to reconnect the vein or whatever we're doing. This is getting graphic now. Um, And then you can- Extended metaphors. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, slowly release that tourniquet. Make sure blood is flowing, right? And, 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 and oftentimes what that is, is I'm able to get traffic and I'm able to get leads, but they're either not qualified or I'm sending all of these unqualified leads to sales and like, boop, we need to pull the tourniquet. We need to stop sending all leads to sales. How long will it take us to install a filter that sends qualified leads to sales? Normally like four hours. Once we know what the filter is, four hours, we'll have that done. Um, and then what happens is we need to get a feedback loop from sales to where we know what's happening, what questions are being asked, what concerns are being raised, what objections do they have, why are we winning deals, why are we losing deals? So we can put that back into driving more sales conversations, right? And and now we can be like, oh, okay, now we start rehab. Now we start moving again. Um so, so like that's the first step. And then when you have a functional growth loop, which means you know you can put one dollar into marketing and get at least because keep in mind you have cost of product, cost of services. You have a customer service right. team, you have an innovation team. So like the ridiculous minimum that most companies will not survive on is put $1 into marketing and get $3 out. Right. Most companies are going to need $1 into marketing and get at least $4 out. Those are Mark Ruberg's uh standards for scaling a company. Um But the the deal is, is that uh when you can get that, that's when you can start looking at trends of how do I grow it. Okay. But when you don't have it, then it's about who in my industry and who in the marketing space has a system that i can implement and test to to find traction specifically in where i'm bleeding out you know right uh, and sometimes it's in awareness and sometimes it's in activation sometimes it's in actually five star ratings and reviews people are seeing your message and they're glancing off of it and bouncing away because you have no proof you're just out there promising things and you have literally no evidence to prove it so you got to figure out Sometimes just that element. When we when we did a Capterra thing, it's a Capterra test that I referred to in another episode. You know what we added? Social proof. We put social proof at the top and we had customers tell the story instead of us. And, and that got us about a 5x improvement at the conversion rate on the demo by just switching the narrative to come from customers, right? So we weren't promising an outcome. We were demonstrating an outcome. Sometimes we're overthinking what the fix is. Uh, and that just comes from knowing your numbers. Then, then go jump on the trend. But for now, fix the wound. OK?
1: Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. You got to you got to staunch the bleeding before you can really try something new. Um, so I know we're kind of wrapping up here at the end of the episode. I just want to first ask if there's any other trends that you see on the horizon that we have not yet talked about that you'd like to dive into. Um, And then on the flip side, if you do or if you don't, uh, any parting advice you have for marketers that are looking to identify and follow B2B marketing trends now and in the future?
0: Right. So the trends that I see is that uh, there's platform diversity um, and tool creation at mass scale. Right. We are testing out some sort of an AI enabled tool about once a week. Okay? Yeah. Um and the second thing that's happening is we're recognizing that our target customers are on TikTok. They are. Our target customers are on Reddit. They are, right? Our target customers are not just using Google to start their uh their buyer journey, but they are still using Google in their buyer journey, right? And 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 they're using it for specific jobs and now that we when we know those jobs, we can go crush it on those channels, okay? So so that's basically the deal. It's a it's a multi-channel approach now. That's that's the deal. I think it really always was, but now it really is. Okay, right. and and there are tools, enablement tools, and part of your job is to not just be the best mechanic, but it's the best mechanic with the best tools. That therefore it develops an edge. Okay, and that's kind of the job. That's that's the trend part. And then for the the parting advice is it's it's to not forget the originals. It's Eugene Schw- Schwartz. Right, you cannot create demand; you can only channel it. Right, so you can channel it by understanding what someone's pain points, or wants, their fears, desires, frustrations, their suspicions are, and you can you can answer those questions, provide value, and guide someone to a way to get the result that they already want. But you can't make people want your product, right? So, so like it, it's the foundations, and you know people talk about, oh, should I do email marketing? or social media marketing, or pay-per-click marketing, or, you know, content marketing. Got any other marketings you wanna throw in there? Right? Um, The above, yeah. (laughs) Right, so so the deal is is that those are channels. It's just marketing. The very best social media post is going to be very helpful for your email list. Right? Right? That email that crushed it for your list will probably do well on social media. These are not different disciplines. It's just marketing and understanding that people that listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts. So if you want to reach people on podcasts, have a podcast. But a lot of that same message can go in a blog post because people that read blog posts, read blogs, right? And then, and then people that watch YouTube, watch YouTube, right? So, so therefore, you can take your marketing and you can figure out the channels where your customer is and you want to build one channel at a time, get that functional and profitable and use the proceeds to build the next channel. It's not 17 different types of marketing. It's marketing in up to 17 places built one at a time.
1: Excellent. That's great advice. It's, this has all been great advice. I hope that uh, our listeners have been able to uh, get some insights on these uh, changing times so they can build some competitive campaigns uh, in this uh ever-shifting environment. So thank you for chatting with me about these trends that you're seeing in uh, in B2B marketing coming.
0: Yeah. And check back in two weeks when it all changes. Woo-hoo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. It's never static. Well, well, thank you so much, everyone out there for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. And, you know, take a, take a minute, take a time to uh, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast application. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio.
0: Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to StopScaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to StopScaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.